When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the MHR News The latest of what's going on in Broncos country. With Mile High Reports, Lori Lattimore Volkman. Welcome back, everybody. This is Lori Lattimore Volkman on the Roundup, and I am here with David Beauclair of Believe in Titans as well as SI.com, covering the Titans to talk about the Broncos Titans matchup. Thank you, David. It's great to have you. Yeah, Lori, good to be with you. All right. So, most important question Can we please hurt Derrick Henry so he can't play on Sunday? You, you know, you can, uh, you can try, but uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Derrick Henry coming off the foot injury from last year, um, you know, he comes into this game on a roll. He's got five straight hundred yard games, which matches the longest streak of his career. He had a, had another 200 yard game against the Houston Texans a couple weeks ago, which gives him six for his career. And, and that's tied for the most in NFL history. He, he comes in, he's, he's finally, after a bit of a slow start to the season, he's the NFL's leading rusher again with 870 yards, even though the Titans have already had thereby but uh you know there, there's all these things that that you you look and you say well derrick henry is derrick henry again but uh you know it's it's interesting in week one against the giants um he was going through the hole and, and a linebacker just lit him up in a way that uh that you just you just have never saw derrick henry kind of get lit up you know he was a little bit high and maybe a little bit a little bit slower you were thinking than than he than he had been before last season's foot injury, and then there's been a couple of times in the last couple of weeks where he's actually been caught from behind in the on those runs where you know you when he gets to the second level and even beyond a little bit in your mind you go 
okay, he's gone. This is this is a touchdown. I've seen this movie before, and uh, and he's he he hasn't he hasn't broken one of those for a touchdown yet. Now, I mean, he's had a 56-yard run that that he got caught from behind the other night in in Kansas City on. He's had a 41-yard run. There's been there's been big gains, but uh, but I I think if it's you know, if 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 it, whether it's the foot injury last year, you know, he had surgery on his foot, had a plate and some screws put in there. Whether it's uh, whether it's all the accumulation of carries that he has had since midway in the 2019 season, when his uh, when his career really took off. Whether it's a combination of both of those, I think he is a a half to a full step slower than he has than, than he was prior to the injury and uh, and there there are opportunities for for defenders to to get to him a little bit in ways that that we're not used to seeing so uh, um, but but you know what we've seen the last couple weeks in particular is is he is the first second third maybe fourth and fifth best option on offense right now so you can expect <laughs> to see a lot of him yeah, like is the is the offensive game plan basically hand off to Derrick Henry forty times a game? Is, is that what we're going to see? Well, that, certainly that's that's been the case the last two weeks with without Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. The you know Malik Willis is uh, the rookie quarterback. He's he's very exciting. There's there's a lot of there's a lot to like about him. There's a you, know, you feel like there's a big upside to him, but uh, but but he's not ready to to run an entire offense throughout an entire game he's he holds the ball a little too long in the pocket not quite as decisive as he needs to be so uh you know we saw in the uh, we saw in the preseason you saw very early in the Texans game he's prone to throw an interception that way because you know the defenders figure out what's happening before he does and get that extra you know occasionally get that extra step and and get to where they need to be so uh when when the titans when the titans got up on the houston texans it's it was we're not going to throw the ball until we absolutely have to i think it was they threw <laughs> two i mean literally threw two passes after halftime that i mean that was that was that and then you know the chiefs it was the same way titans got up in that game they were up 14 to 9 and then got a field goal in the second half to make it 17 to 9 and they were trying to they were trying to run out the clock the same way and uh and then Patrick Mahomes did what Patrick Mahomes does and uh, and forced them to to try and throw the ball in in overtime and and that turned into a disaster there. So uh, uh, <laughs> it, it looks like uh, it looks like I, I expect Ryan Tannehill to play this week. So that'll uh, that'll make things better. But they're still they're still woefully understaffed if you will and and underqualified at at wide receiver compared to pretty much every other team in the league so even with Tannehill in there um you know th this is not going to be a dynamic or a, a terribly threatening passing game there there's nothing like if you're a defensive coordinator there's nothing about the Titans pass game that that scares you the way AJ Brown scared you last year the way right. Julio Jones even such as he was you know Julio Jones was on the field you had to respect him and know well he's Julio Jones he he might just make us look really bad here there's I mean there's nobody like that nobody even close to that in this group this year so that leads me to this question what for the Titans which sort of weakness is going to be more critical to overcome is it going to be Tannehill and I, I think Traylon Burks is he going to be back? 
Traylon Burks, it, it's not official yet. Traylon Burks has, uh, he's the first round draft pick out of Arkansas and the guy they expect to be the new AJ Brown at some point. Um, but he has, he has practiced all week. He has said he expects to be activated. I, I, I plan on that move coming Saturday. Uh, so he will be, yeah, yes, he will be in uniform, which, uh, which will help things I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't hugely productive in the first right. four games or, or the first three and a half before he got hurt. It's 10 receptions for 129 yards, but that's still Still puts him among the top ten in, among rookie wide receivers this year, even even having missed the last four games. But uh, but he's the only one of the top ten who doesn't have a touchdown catch this year. So uh, and and he had sort of a terrible off season. He he was kind of he was kind of slow to get the ball rolling this year. So there's there's still you know there's still some ground for him to make up in in a number of different ways. But uh, but you look at you know you look at the group. The last two games the Titans have had only four wide receivers in uniform for game days, and and they're not exactly again they're not names that are going to blow you away. It's Robert Woods who's a who's a good yeah. NFL player, but you know again not a guy that defenses are going to say okay we got to do everything we can to stop Robert Woods and then beyond that it's Nick Westbrook Aquina Cody Hollister and Chris Conley and uh and to you know to, to underscore this point those four guys were targeted five times Sunday at Kansas City no receptions combined it's just the fourth time in 20 years that uh, that an NFL team has has had no receptions from a wide from their wide receiver group in a game Unbelievable. Okay, yeah. so perfect. And so, yeah. So so my I'll, now I'll I'll do a better job getting to my question. So, <laughs> so which weakness then do you think would be more critical for the Titans to overcome? Is it Tannehill and his lack of wide receivers? You know, both of Tannehill coming off injury, Traylon Burks just coming off IR, um, going against a pretty tough Broncos secondary. Or is it the banged-up Titans defense taking on Russell Wilson and his wristband? Yeah, it, it's uh, that, that's a really good question. And, and you bring up the defense, and, and we're recording this on Friday afternoon. The Titans have ruled out four starters on defense. That no Jeffrey Simmons, no Bud Dupree, no Zach Cunningham, and no uh, Amani Hooker. That and that's so now that's at every level of the defense. That's one defensive lineman, two linebackers, and, and a safety. And uh, um, you know this this defense was prone the secondary in particular was prone to giving up big plays in the pass game early in the year they they have sort of settled that down the last couple of weeks but but hooker has been a big part of settling that down jeffrey simmons is a huge part of that because he and the rest of the defensive front have been able to get pressure on quarterbacks without a lot of extra blitzers required. Um, you know, Simmons. Simmons is one of those guys. He he is one of the top ten defensive players in the league. I would say any position right now. And not having him up there is going to allow the the Broncos front to do some more things. So I would I would actually argue based on what we've seen the Titans do without any real semblance of a passing game the last couple weeks. Uh, I would say that they can overcome that probably easier than they are they are going to be able to overcome these injuries on defense particularly against an offense that is going to take its shots down the field against a secondary that uh, that has has been prone to giving up those kinds of plays well we hope so <laughs> as you know the broncos offense has been just a, a sputtering 
mechanism all year that can't quite find its identity, can't figure out who, you know, we don't know who the stars are. We've had our share of injuries and we're going to be without KJ Hamler and Andrew Beck. So, um, you know, it feels like it's going to be a very defensive game on both sides. Um, yeah, well, the, I mean, the Titans haven't scored more than uh, haven't scored more than 24 points in a game all season. You know, they, I mean, this is this is what the Titans are doing every week right now. In fact, before Kansas City, they had they had had a five game win streak, which they in which they hadn't scored more than 24 points, and their point totals were going down consistently in that streak. They went from 24 to 20 to 20 to 19 to 17. I mean, it, it was absurd. In fact, it was the uh, it was the first time since. Since the Broncos, in fact, in 2006, that a wow. team had won five straight without scoring more than than 24 points. So if it if it turns into that kind of game you're talking about, the Titans will be uh, will be very comfortable with that. But uh, I would encourage you to go back and look at Week Two last season, uh, Titans at Seattle. Uh, Titans ended up winning that game in overtime, but Seattle's offense basically consisted of two or three really long throws that Russell Wilson made. And, and I'm sure that, uh, that that Russ has brought that up this week in, in meetings and, and has referenced it and and probably has some pretty fond memories of and, and a pretty good <laughs> pretty good feeling, I guess, in terms of what he thinks he can do against this defense. Well, I would hope so, because you say the Tennessee's only gotten 24 points. We've had one game, I think, where we got in the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> the Broncos offense has been 16. That's been our magic number. <laughs> so yeah. not, it has not been pretty, not in any way. Not, um, not exactly what anybody expected with Russell Wilson going there. Certainly not what I expected, at least. And I, yeah, I'm sure no. I'm not alone. No. And it's been it's been very frustrating for Broncos fans to to expect a completely different kind of offense. We thought we were gonna have High scoring games, lots of lots of offense, lots of passing, and we can't figure it out. They can't decide if they want to run first. They can't decide when to pass. I mean, it's been, it has really been, uh, you know, so so frustrating because it feels like it still shouldn't even be happening, even with all the chemistry that you know goes into a new team, new coach, new quarterback. It's like we're in week nine. We like lots of other teams have figured this out. Why can't we? Yeah, it, it's a uh, it, it's a good point. You, you kind of the Titans, I think, kind of feel the same way. And except that you know their their record is a little better. They're in first place in their division, so they can sort of they can sort of justify it by saying, okay, things have worked out well enough. But, uh, right. but you know, <laughs> it, it's it's just remarkable in this day and age that uh, that that the teams aren't scoring the the way we've kind of grown accustomed to the last few years which is kind of fun because i love good defense and the broncos you know the our one saving grace the last six years even though our offense has been terrible consistently has been that the defense even with different coaches different schemes we have still had a pretty strong defense and this year has seemed to be uh, you know we thought it might take a step back without vic fangio but edro or um Ejiro evero has just been amazing and has also had to do it with a lot of injuries to starters um but we we could be really thin at edge so how does that help the titans especially ryan Tannehill? if you know because we're not going to have browning 
We no longer have Bradley Chubb. Randy Gregory might come back, but I my bet is that he doesn't come back this week. And then our rookie, Nick Benito, is apparently out with illness. So, <laughs> you know, we might be getting a couple fans from the stands to go play edge rusher. Yeah, it, it, it helps the Titans tremendously because the offensive line is not a strength. And you look at, uh, like, you they're on their fourth different starting right tackle in as many years. And, and I would argue that they have, you know, they've taken sort of a step down each time when they went from Jack Conklin in 2019 to Dennis Kelly in 2021 to David Quesenberry, or excuse me, 1819, David Quesenberry in 2021 and, and a rookie Nicholas Petit Frere this year. Now, Petit Frere is, is going to be a good player and, and he has certainly improved since the start of the season, but uh but he was not supposed to be, he was not drafted with the idea that he was going to be the starting right tackle this year. Wasn't supposed <laughs> to be the right tackle. But uh, last year's second round draft pick, Dylan Radens, who who was basically all but, I mean, I, he was more than penciled in. I think it was written in in pen. He he played his way right out of that job in the preseason. And, uh, and, and now is their primary backup at guard, not even at tackle. So that, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of how they ended up there. Then you lose three-time Pro Bowler Taylor Lewan to a knee injury early in the season. They have Dennis Daly, who they uh, they acquired in a trade with Carolina right before the start of the regular season. So so Daly didn't have the offseason in training camp in the preseason to to mesh with the other linemen, to understand the, 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 the particulars of the Titans blocking scheme and, and whatnot. And he has, uh, in his time playing, he's given up more pressures than any other left tackle in the league this season. It, it, it's to the point that the Titans have had to keep extra block. Like you, I, I can't recall one time in the last, maybe all season, but, but certainly the last six games, where the Titans, had, you know, they empty the backfield. They send five out into the pattern, and and they uh, they go. You know, occasionally they'll empty they'll empty the backfield, but then, you know, a tight end in the slot ends up coming in and and helping out and blocking. I mean, they they have had to commit extra bodies to protect their quarterbacks this year, and uh, uh, it, it it you know it's just another just another factor in why their passing game ranks uh, ranks at the bottom of the NFL right now. Right. So once again, you just hand it off to Henry because he can take care of it. Well, this exactly. is another, another question because it's not like teams don't know what you guys are going to do, right? Or not you guys. Right. It's, it's, it's like one of the few times where it's extremely obvious what the strength is and yet it's still successful. It's like, because what you, you know, he's six four, two fifty, or something like he's just a wrecking ball going through down the field. Yeah, the the uh, and and the offensive line has sort of uh, as it, as this year has gone on has sort of adopted that identity that you know we can do this we can get we can get our center or our guard to the second level and get on a linebacker and, and do those sorts of things and and, and the book on Derrick Henry is the exact same now as it was if you go back to 2016 and you look at the scouting reports on him coming out of Alabama where he won the Heisman Trophy and was a 2,000-yard rusher, did all that. I mean, the book is simple. If you can get Derrick Henry, if you can get to Derrick Henry in his first couple of steps before he gets up to speed, before he gets to that second level, you can get him to the ground pretty easily. It's once it's once he really gets moving. And and for a guy who who is his size, he's faster than than a lot of guys think too. So they they don't always take the best angle by the time they get to him. Right. 
you know, so it, it's, uh, I mean, there, there are teams, the Baltimore Ravens in, in the playoff game two years ago, for example, they were, they were, they, they held the line of scrimmage or pushed the line of scrimmage a little bit. They, they got to Henry early all day and, and he looks really, really ordinary when that happens, but it has been happening less and less as, uh, as this season has progressed. And, uh, like the Houston game, it's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, it was, you know, Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator talked about it. You know, when you, when you hand it off on first down and then you're in second and short or you have another first down, it just makes sense to sort of hand it off again and keep doing it. And there was, there was a point in the third quarter where the Titans started to drive. They handed off to Henry. He gained 11 yards. So they handed off to Henry. He gained 12 yards. They handed off to Henry. He gained 13 yards. You know, it, 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 it just got to be, it just got to be. And, and the, and the Texans are bringing nine guys down to the line of scrimmage at that point. And it, it just, you know yeah. it, it, they just they just if you can do if you can do enough to get him through the line and to that second level he's going to get a lot of you know if you if you buy into the expected yards over average of next gen stats and whatever Derrick Henry is always always a star always at or near the league lead in that among the rushers because he uh, because once he gets to that second level he really really is difficult to get to the ground yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine actually trying to run into him. Just <laughs> like it would be, I realize these players, that's their job, but it still seems very intimidating to take down a guy that big going that fast, you know. There there, there are there have been games in the last couple of years where you can see late in the game that that players don't want to do it anymore. And uh <laughs> And, and and you and you look at Henry's career. I mean, he he's a classic example. You know, this is one of those. Is he a guy who gets? I you know, is he a guy who gets better as the game goes on? As as we've seen a lot of running backs, I would argue that it's just the defense gets worse as the game goes on. Yeah. And, and like his, his and and it's the same thing with the season. I mean, his his yards per carry and and average yards gained are much better in the third and fourth quarter over the course of his career than in the first and the second. And his November and December numbers are much much better than they are in September and October and uh, <laughs> and, I, and I think that you know that if, and that's I, I assume that's a case of you know even you know you get into week 12 or 13 or whatever nobody's at 100 percent right guys are beat up from the season and, and whatnot and it just it gets that much harder at this time of year to uh to deal with him yeah yeah well it's got to make Titans fans kind of salivate over if you just had, you know, one great, if you had AJ Brown back or, yeah. you know, like 
because teams are going to have to stack the box and then you're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's exactly you. right. And there's there, there's sort of a growing a growing anger, I think, if you will, at, at general manager John Robinson right now and, and sort of what happened with A.J. Brown this offseason is, you know, Titans very much wanted to to sign him to a long-term extension. You know, there's, there's no question about that. That, you know, that made that that made perfect sense and so uh, at the people i've talked to the the way the the way the negotiation sort of went like this aj brown's people came to the titans and said we think we want x amount of dollars with x amount guaranteed and you know for four years or whatever it was and titans come back and they say you know what we can get really close to the guarantee really close to the money let let's it let you know let's 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 see what we can do to hammer this deal out and aj brown's people said oh did we did we say that for the money no we meant 20 million dollars more than that and we meant you know it was uh, and, and to where the titans general manager john robinson basically said okay so we're not really negotiating here right that's that's what's ha- that's that's not what we're doing and i and i think he, he maybe made the mistake of taking it a little personally and said, okay, well, if we're not going to be able to re-sign you past the fourth year of your deal, which would have been this year, 2019, right. 20, yeah, this would this would have been his fourth year. If we're not going to be able to keep you past this year, then fine, you just need to get the hell out of here right now. You, you, you know, arrange a trade somewhere. We'll make the, you know, we'll come to terms with a team. You tell us where you want to go. We'll make it happen. And I, I think, you know, I, I, he hasn't said anything to this degree, but I think he would probably, if he was being honest with himself and, and being honest with the public, he would probably have to say right now, that was a mistake. I should have I should have held on to AJ for this season and we could have dealt with whatever we had to deal with come the off season, even if that meant him walking away in free agency and us getting nothing for him. Right, right. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah, exactly. Those and those, I know those deals. You always wonder what really goes on. I remember when the Broncos were going through the first negotiation with Von Miller to extend, you know, for his first contract extension. And I mean, it's almost a miracle it happened because John Elway, who's notoriously bad at his first offer, I think he generally, he with across the board, he blowballs our players, you know, even the superstars. But to Von Miller's credit, you know, unlike A.J. Brown and and Robinson, it's like he just said, I'm going to get involved instead of my agents and and Elway and like all this stuff going on third party. He sat down with Elway and basically just said, listen, you need to treat me better. I'm your star player. This is what I want. Like, I really think if it weren't for Von Miller not taking it personally or taking it personally enough to want to go get involved and say, let's hammer this out because I want to be a Bronco. He, he would have been gone long before he was, which is a whole other story, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think what happened, and I don't know this, but but sort of connecting the dots that I do know, I, I think what happened, you know, A.J. Brown's agents also had Debo Samuel and Terry McLaurin. And uh, so I, I think I think what they said was, look, we are in we are in an unusual position of strength here to sort of control the whole wide receiver market and, and whatnot. So, right. it, you know, AJ, don't worry about the money. Don't you know, we're going to get you your money. But what you know, what do you really want? 
out of uh, right. out of your career going forward. And and I think and and AJ's you know AJ's a pretty simple guy. I, I don't think he I don't think he thinks much. You know he's he's very much an athlete. What can I do to be better today? Right. Like I don't yeah. think he thinks he thinks long term and, and didn't know exactly what he was saying. But I imagine he said something to the effect of you know Jalen Hurts and I are good friends. And uh, and I've always thought it'd be great to play with Jalen Hurts. And then the next thing AJ knows, he's in Philadelphia. I, I think there was a certain element of of surprise to him that this whole thing happened and, and the way it happened. But he's clearly having the time of his life yeah. right now. He's happy with the way it worked out, and the uh, and and the Titans are here dealing with what they're uh, what they're dealing with right now. Right, that's right. Well. With that in mind, what is your prediction for this game? How, what kind of game will it be, and what do you think the score will be? I think we've established if, you know, for our gamblers out there, bet the under. I don't even know what the under <laughs> is, but, but, but bet the under because uh, because there's there's nothing – there's nothing to make me think that the Titans are due for an offensive explosion, but as I've said, they're they're very comfortable in this type of game. It's pretty much it's pretty much been the story of their season. Every game has been a a low scoring, you know, grinded out kind of thing. I, I think uh, I think scoring first will be uh, will be very important for whichever team can do it. But I'm gonna say. I'll say Titans 20 to 16 just because they're at home. If they were if they were in Denver, I might have a uh, might have a different sense. I think it's that it, it's that much of a coin toss on this one. Yeah, and certainly Vegas thinks it's a coin toss too with uh, yeah. just putting Broncos as a two and a half point underdog, I think. Um That's on right. the way yep. game. So, going to be a close one. I I I could totally go with that score. Honestly, I'm as a diehard Broncos fan, I always have a hard time picking against the team, but I feel the same. If it were in Denver, I'd pick Denver by a field goal, but it's in Tennessee and the Broncos offense hasn't shown really that it, you know, can do this consistently. So I think... And, uh, and I'll say this, that, you know, Nathaniel Hackett still has to prove a lot as a head coach, right? Mike Mike Vrabel has shown he can manage games in uh in in ways that that impact his team in a positive manner so uh <laughs> you know when, when i think uh I, I think if it comes down to a, a a you know fourth quarter game management clock management sort of situation too i based on what i've seen from from hackett i'll 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 go with rabel in that regard too oh oh 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent there's there's no going with nathaniel hackett and game management it's just been egregious and kind of embarrassing for a guy who supposedly is a you know offensive mastermind you'd think just figuring out how to use the clock to your advantage would be a basic but well there's there's a difference you know there's a big difference between head coaches and scheme geniuses that that and and owners and and college ad's i think the same you know that they have a hard time distinguishing that sometimes to me sometimes the guys who are the most creative and most you know most dynamic with their schemes and everything like they're terrible head coaches because they are just so into into their own they're 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 almost too creative i think to to be to be as as business-like as you need to be and and big picture 
Yes. You know, yes. To, to be able to see the big picture that you need to see to be able to, to be a head coach. You know, I, I, it's uh, it, it's 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 a I, I I thought I find it a fascinating thing. Like that's I would love to be an owner one day just just to hire a head coach because I I, I don't know that I could do it well, but I but I think it it would it probably be fascinating to try and sort through different sorts of guys and try to figure out what it is exactly that makes a good head coach and uh, and, and try and hit on it. It should be I guess we should note too that that Mike Vrabel comes into this game now after Frank Reich being fired on Monday of the uh, of the seven head coaches who were hired at the start of the 2018 season. Um, Mike Vrabel is the last man standing right now. So he's, he's the only one still has his job from that time. Wow. I hadn't realized that, but yeah, yeah, it, it makes, was, yeah, it is, it is, it is an honor, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is like you got Steve Wilkes was one of them. He's in Carolina. He's a, a, an interim head coach right now yeah. on his second job. Now, I, I mean, if, if things hadn't, if things had, hadn't gone the way they did with John Gruden, who was also among that group, I think it's pretty safe to assume Gruden from a, from a head coaching perspective would still be in that position, you know, but uh but yeah, otherwise it was Frank Reich. It was Matt Nagy who got off to a good start in Chicago. Um, things went sideways there. Then the last couple of years, and uh, who else was? I don't remember now. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, it, it was it was not the most it was not the most distinguished group of hires that NFL owners made that year. Other than, and, and you know, the Titans remember interestingly enough had had come off a. Of, playoff appearance that year and they had they had won a game in Kansas City it was their first playoff win since 2003 uh, it had ended a 15-year drought and uh, and Mike Malarkey was the head coach had a uh, had a meeting with John Robinson the day after the season and then all of a sudden two days later they met again and and John Robinson clearly wasn't comfortable about something and uh, and Mike Malarkey was was fired and 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 by the end of that week, Mike Vrabel was was on the job. Vrabel and Robinson had ties from their days in New England, where Robinson was a scout and Vrabel was a player. And uh, and I and I and I think and I honestly this this was fascinating too because Vrabel had interviewed with Indianapolis, and I think John Robinson. I think part of it was Robinson got scared. When he saw, I think when he when he became an NFL general manager, he probably had his list of these are guys that when I when it comes time for me to hire a head coach, these are guys I'm going to want to talk to. And I think Vrabel was probably at top of at the top of that list. And when he saw Vrabel starting to get interviews after only one season as a defensive coordinator in Houston, I think he probably thought, oh, my God, if I'm ever going to get a chance to hire this guy, I need to do it right now. Right. And, uh, and he did. And, it, and I think, you know, however it played out. I, I think you can say it's worked out well for the Titans. Yeah, absolutely. And I think your analogy and about, you know, offensive geniuses <laughs> and play designers and, you know, whatever has been exactly the case with the Broncos. I think there's no question that Nathaniel Hackett does understand the game and, is get, you know, can get some really intricate plays and play design, but he is definitely too much into the weeds during the game to see the big picture, to, to really just manage the game. I mean, he, we had to hire a whole other coach by week four just to be able to tell him when to take a timeout and when to do this because he couldn't, he couldn't manage every part of the game. And I, I've always felt like I, I thought it was dumb for the, for the head coach to try to call plays too, especially your first time as a head coach. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and guys see. like that, they're they're mad scientists, right? Like they're yeah. they're always imagining things, this and that, and and so much about being a head coach is about the the details that have to be exactly right, time and time again. It's it's not it's not about what could be, it's about what has to be, and and I think that's where Mike Vrabel is is really really good. You'll you can watch him, you know, during practice, and and he'll go to the tight ends and he'll talk about. Hey, when you're in the three-point stance, your back foot needs to be half a yard back further than what it is. And and then he'll go to the safeties and he'll talk to the safeties about their back pedal or why they need to line up inside the number as opposed to like you know right on the hash mark or something. You know, there 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 he seems to he seems to be in tune to every position that way and gives yeah. guys just a, a little something to to help them be better and then steps back, lets the position coaches do their thing and and he moves on to another position. It's really uh it's really fascinating to watch at times. Oh, it's good. I, I mean, I, I hope Nathaniel Hackett can figure it out. I, I like him. He means that he's a likable guy, but he's been so frustrating <laughs> to watch manage games. And it's been, I have not been angrier with a coach than I have been with him. <laughs> I, I, it, 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 you know, you, you've, at least he's got good company because I think probably Chargers fans out there in the AFC West feel the same about uh, about Brandon Staley to a certain extent right now, and and certainly the Raiders can't be happy with what's going on with Josh McDaniels. So uh, so there there's a little bit of uh, coaching dysfunction in that division as a whole right now. It seems. Yeah, and the yeah we need a little more dysfunction in Kansas City. That would be really nice. But um, <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. And, and the, you no. know that's that's the disappointing part for everybody else involved because Kansas City hasn't been, you know, hasn't come out of the gate flying. There was an opportunity to sort of get a leg up on the Chiefs a little bit early this year. And uh, and it seems like no one has t- took advantage of that. So now you're you're all probably you're all probably looking up at them, I would assume, the rest of the way. Oh, oh we'll, we might be looking up at everybody. But our saving <laughs> grace is that the Raiders seem to be in worse position. And as former yes. Josh McDaniels, you know, uh, I don't, well, I don't want to say fan because nobody's ever a fan, but you know, having been on one of his teams yeah. that he ruined, oh, that's right. <laughs> we're yeah. happy to see him ruin the Raiders. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's okay. But um, I did. Last question then. Do you think so? The Titans played a great game against the Chiefs, and you know, definitely held them, held that high flying offense until till the very end, and then just couldn't get it done. But do you feel the team? bounces back after that like more with some confidence like we went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs or is it like a letdown because it was such a you know hard-fought game that ended up in a loss it's it's a really really good question and and I'll say this I think uh I think it's a it'll be a real challenge to bounce back I don't think there's any question that uh that guys on the defense in particular feel really good about their performance and feel like, okay, if we can hold that team to, yeah. to 20 points and, and do the, you know, at one, at one point during that game, Chiefs went seven straight possessions without a, a point on the board. Now they did miss a field goal in there, but I, I would be willing to bet since Mahomes has been their quarterback, there haven't been many times, many stretches of seven straight possessions without a point, but right. the, the way the offense has been, the defense was on the field for 91 plays. 
Sunday night. The, the, <laughs> the, there, there are 18 players on the Titans injury report this week. I told you there's, you know, there's four starters yeah. on defense out. Um, the majority of those got the majority of those 18 are on defense. So there is a there there has been a real sort of premium and, and, a, and a real challenge to getting this team back up physically that uh, that, that will be worth watching in, in this game we you know particularly early do they look a step slow do they look do they look a little bit out of sync because uh, because they were beat up and and uh, you know they, they did a walk through practice on Wednesday they, they've got a short week this week they play yeah. they play next Thursday so you know that that the practices on Thursday and Friday were not exactly high tempo and and, and high energy either because they you know they're trying to manage this situation right now so it's a uh, it's a really good question I would I would think the Titans are looking at this trying to trying to just survive this game in, in whatever that means and, and if that means Derrick Henry 40 carry go ahead you know <laughs> let's do that um and then and then get through the green bay game and then they'll have a break and sort of sort of reset and kind of gear themselves up for what they they expect will be a playoff run yeah well at least at least their their next two teams the broncos and the packers are <laughs> not the chiefs <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> that's exactly right and, and, and it's, funny, it's funny you say that because when the schedule came out this was a uh, this was a stretch of games with, uh, yeah. with Kansas City, Denver, Green Bay, Cincinnati in order where you go, wow, that's you know, that's uh, that's Patrick Mahomes. That's Russell Wilson. That's Aaron Rodgers. That's Joe Burrow. That is a that is a really difficult stretch. This this was the uh, this was what we looked at as the as the point in the season. Where we say this is going to make or break the Titans season because they're you know, they're going to yeah. have to try to go two and two. If they get through that stretch two and two, you, you'd say, okay, you're, you're nice job. You're going to be fine now going forward. But but now you, you you're looking at this saying, well, you better beat the Broncos and you better beat the Packers. And if they you know if they yeah. don't win next two, it's it's going to be something of a disaster, I would think. <laughs> right, and same for the Broncos. Not we're not in as good a position, you know, in our in our division or any or even even thinking about the playoffs really. But it's like for the Broncos, this is the game where if you can't win this, you really uh, like you're not even you shouldn't even be talking about the playoffs. You know, get the old right. yeah. playoffs. What playoffs? So. Well, you know, when you when you trade away Bradley Chubb too, I don't know how much you're really thinking about the playoffs, honestly, right? I mean, oh yeah, I mean, hundred percent. I think the GM said that the current record had nothing to do with that trade, and that you know, when that trade came across the table, he had to take it, you know, to get a first because we had no first round picks. And I think there's truth to that, but I think if we're sitting at six and one at that point, you're you're not trading away one of your best edge rushers because you need to protect the team you have going forward so you exactly. know for this season yep. so no i i think that definitely getting rid of him was we weren't going to keep him after this season so it business-wise it, wise it made sense no matter what but i think had we been on somewhat of a run i don't i'm not sure they do it i think they they definitely don't so yeah <laughs> it was kind of mailing it in already at that point. yeah yeah <laughs> Well, David, it has been awesome to talk to you. I really appreciate your insight on the Titans, and I look forward to a probably low-scoring defensive battle. 
Yep, me too. I will uh, I will be there. And uh, thanks for having me. It's good talking to you. Great. Thank you so much. Go Broncos.